0: When I moved back here, I started painting right away, um, and I was really inspired by the, the fog and my drives through the city, and I had listened to jazz music late at night and I would sit there and, and paint, you know, and it was, it was amazing. I'd stay up till like 2.30 in the morning just drawing.
1: That was artist Robin Galante. I'm Jeff. Welcome to Storied San Francisco, a weekly podcast where San Franciscans from all walks of life share their stories, and you get to know your neighbors. In this podcast, Robin picks up where she left off in part one, with her move to the city to go to school at SF State. After graduating, she went back home to Los Altos briefly, then took an office job in Burlingame. When that fizzled out, she laid stakes in San Francisco, this time for good. She dabbled in art and music, but following the death of her mom, art won out. Today, she's doing paintings of the Outer Richmond to help raise money for businesses in that area affected by the shelter-in-place regulations. For more info, please visit Robin's website at robingalante.com. That's R-O-B-I-N-G-A-L-A-N-T-E.com. Here's Robin. What was it about SF State?
0: Just that it was in the city and that it was close enough. I was close to my parents and I have friends down, you know, where I grew up. And so I liked that it was close to all that stuff. I didn't really want to move far away. Um, I wanted to be close to my family, my sister, um, because we would hike every week. And so uh, that's the one thing I miss the most, actually, right now during the quarantine. Um, (laughs) That kind of stuff. It's like, oh, man. Um, But... Yeah, that's why I wanted to stick around, and I. But I mean, really, it was also I'd say fifty percent that fifty percent just the pull of San Francisco, you know, just the, the
1: so city. You, by that point, you were over your the the um, trauma of the crack house U-turn. Oh yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Totally. Oh, but I was such a little goody two shoes. Like when I first moved here, I remember taking the bus. And maybe it was the first time I took it. It was actually the train. It was the Muni line that runs from state through West Portal to the Castro. And it was like magic because you go into this tube and you're in this thing and it's and it's moving really fast and and you can't balance. And I was like, oh my god, i'm being it's like a warp zone or that's such a video game reference. It's like a um <laughs> it's like a what do you call it um like a wormhole, And all of a sudden you come out in a different world. like I come from the foggy. Lake Merced, San Francisco State area, cause I grew up on, you know, or I grew up, I, um, I lived on campus and so it'd be foggy and sort of a little bit depressing. Go through this tunnel, come out sunny, there's rainbows, flags everywhere, it's like amazing. But I remember some guy gets onto the bus and starts pole dancing in front of me. Of course. And I'm freaking out, cause that didn't happen in Los Altos.
1: That was your first ride? your first yeah it was like
0: my first or second and i just you
1: know that you know that they send people out to do that for (laughs) first timers right
0: yeah sometimes i wonder if it's because i've had people visit and um People who aren't used to the city or whatever. And I feel like these horrible things happen like <laughs> like when they're <laughs> they're visiting me. And I and they're being nice, but I think like in their head they're like, God, how can you live here? Like, you know, and I'm like, this doesn't happen. Or it's happening all the time. And I don't notice anymore.
1: Right. You're just because I'm uh, seeing everything
0: through their eyes. And so I'm exactly. like, oh God, this is horrifying, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like your turn on the wheel to come around to the wackiness
0: exactly right yeah exactly yeah. yeah
1: well good i'm glad you had that pole dance experience and actually the way you described i never thought about this but the way you described going from sf state uh whatever there's whatever line that is the, m, the whatever m. it is m. yeah the m yeah and it comes out of castro i was like i never thought it was so wizard of oz right yeah so Wizard. yeah of oh oz. i
0: still love it like i yeah. haven't taken that bus in forever because i haven't you know i don't live over there but um I really, I just love, I love those trains, same with the Njuda that comes from the beach and you go up. It's the same thing. You, you see so many neighborhoods on the way. I, I could just like sit on the bus. I mean, not right now, but I could sit on the bus and just go back and forth and look out the window. I love, I love it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. So you lived on campus. Did you, so, so you went to SF State for a couple of years?
0: Yeah, what? I went, I got my BA. So I went there for two additional years. Or okay. I, went, I went to Foothill for two years and I went to SF State for two years.
1: Did you get a degree in art or? No.
0: Oh. Um, I not. stayed away from that. Yeah. I didn't want to take art formally. Right.
1: Uh,
0: my mom was part of that. She said, because she was an artist and she was going to go to art school. She didn't. But she's like, you can, you can do whatever you want. But um, it's going to ruin it for you.
1: Mm. And Interesting.
0: I kind of, in retrospect, I'm not sure if that's true, but I know that my journey with all of this would look really different if I right. studied it. Right. Um, it'd probably be more formal, and and I really like kind of the way I've discovered things like on the fly. Um, but no, I got a degree in liberal studies. Okay. So kind okay. of like everything. My concentration was in literature, and so uh, I took Michael Krasny's class. That was fun. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. and. I took like video, videography. Um, I took fashion design. So it was great. I loved it. I just, I loved, I was like, this is a period of discovery. I'm going to try it all and see what, what sticks, you know?
1: Totally. Uh, and Okay. So what's next after SF State?
0: So after San Francisco State, uh, I was going to move into the city directly and I didn't, Um, I decided to, for family reasons that I won't get into here, um, I decided to move back to, uh, Los Altos for a little while and I moved in with my mom and then, and that was great because we got along really well. And then I, I did move out about a year later, um, and settled down in Berlin game and I had my own, my own little studio, which Mm -hmm. I loved. It had shag carpet and it had a big, um, (laughs) gold ball lamp, like I don't know what you call those, but it was like a big gold ball that hangs from the ceiling. It was totally 1970s. I was gonna dress-
1: say, yeah.
0: It was crazy. It had a dressing room with like green tile every it was just the most amazing little little place.
1: I'm picturing Austin Powers for some reason. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It totally was. <laughs> yeah. It was great. I had a little balcony, like it was, I mean not a bad and it was it overlooked the parking garage. So it was like kind of ugly, but it was a great little place. Um but I decided it was kind of a kind of a woo-woo story, but I had a lucid dream, which I have a lot of those. And um it it was a really complicated, long, lucid dream, and it led me to decide once and for all to move up to the city. Mm. And then another circumstance happened where this this guy stalked me, he was a total stranger, stalked me in my apartment and um The police told me that i had to move to be safe jesus so yeah because they couldn't do anything about it because he didn't technically do anything but he was he was terrorizing me and i didn't know the guy like he was psycho and um so they said the female police officer was like you have to leave Like you have to move out of your place i was devastated but i thought i'll take this opportunity to do the scary thing and quit my comfortable job um and you know which i loved i was a receptionist at this little graduate school and it was a wonderful place i loved everybody who worked there 9 to 5 great benefits it was like the perfect mm. job um but this kind of pushed me to go out of my comfort zone and i decided i wanted to be an artist and it was a long long journey to get to the artist part that was that only happened like last year <laughs> but, oh, wow. um I mean, the uh, you know, actually, it working for me, um, right, on a on a full time basis thing. But um, but yeah. So.
1: How old were you when this move? This move after the dream and the stalker. I was twenty like five-ish like, or so. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I was like twenty five.
1: Okay, yeah. so okay, so so that's that's when you actually moved to the city. Yes. Not to discount your time at SF State, but it's a little different.
0: That's my real move, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. and where my did you, move. right, where did you land?
0: What I la- so I landed in um, Lake Merced because it was the area that I knew the best. And I had a friend that lived in the complex that, she lived on, on the lake there, mm-hmm. kind of by San Francisco State. Right. Um, and she helped, <laughs> me find a studio where she told me that they had a studio available and I didn't have a lot of time to make a decision. So I just took that. Um, It was horrible. It was really dark. It was in the bottom corner of this huge complex Mm. and it smelled like mold and the carpet was awful. It was just, it was a face to brick wall. It was terrible, but I started to paint because it was so dark. So I started painting pictures uh different than the ones I make now but on big canvases just to put some color in my apartment right
1: <laughs> and I painted right. all
0: my furniture and all that so you
1: made the most of that ne- thatness move of necessity yes sounds like yeah, I did so um and you said you had to quit your job down on the peninsula um did you do did you get back into office work here or
0: My goal when I moved up here was I was not going to work in an office. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know where I would work, Um, but that was my goal. I did not want to be chained to a desk looking at a computer all the time, but I didn't know what I wanted. I just know what I didn't want. So um, I took a couple of jobs out of necessity just to pay my rent that were on the office front, but I quit them or I got fired. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> because I couldn't focus. That happened a couple times. So. Um, You're drawing, and then I what? Are no, you yeah, drawing? Totally. Yeah. Yes, I would. No, I would awesome. draw. I would. I would sit there and draw, and like, if people weren't looking, and I'd write in my journal, and I would space out. I would look out the window and just space out. So, mm. um, yeah, and so, and then I, I had some really interesting jobs. I decided to work for myself, and I was a personal assistant for. Um, various people including a pretty famous inventor here in the Silicon Valley named um, uh, David Kelly who was a really interesting is a really interesting guy Um, and I worked worked at his house in Woodside and I kind of did all this like organization, organizing his, his, he was in a bunch of magazines and periodicals and stuff. So I organized those for his daughter. So someday she could look back and see her dad and all these magazines. Mm. It was my job. Um, and I refurbished, um, a, uh, jukebox for him. And then I detailed his classic car collection. One of them was Doris Day's dad's car. Wow. Yeah, that was crazy. Can so, we back up real fast? You yeah. just
1: said you refurbished his jukebox? Yeah. Where did you get the knowledge
0: to refurbish? Okay. any. Okay, And that's okay. the story of my life. <laughs> okay. That's the story of my life is I don't have knowledge in a lot of things. I just do them, and um, people then think that I might have some knowledge, but I don't, <laughs> so I'm faking it. So I had, like, I had, he had this jukebox, and it had the burl, kind of the wooden burl, sort of on the side. I don't know if you, it's like swirly wood. Yeah, sure. And it was worn off. And so he said, can you re—can you paint that so it looks like the burl is back? Okay. And I'm like, I guess, I guess. And so I went to a paint store, color matched as best I could, and then just tried to paint the burl back. So you
1: were doing some, some odd jobs. Um, around the time you moved here, this and that, this and that, um, you, you did mention earlier that, like, there was a conscious decision to get back into your doing art, yeah, so do you want to talk about that,
0: yeah, definitely, That, Um, that
1: timeline,
0: yeah, so I moved, when I moved back here, I started painting right away, um, and I was really inspired by, the the fog and my drives through the city and i would listened to jazz music late at night and i would yes. sit there and, and paint you know and it was it was amazing i'd stay up to like 2 30 in the morning just drawing kcsm and, uh yes yeah yeah kcsm and then they would do yeah it was kcsm and they did a oh wait no yes i did listen to kcsm in the car and then at home i listened to cave fog because yes. at night on friday or sun, it was sunday night i think they had this whole programming where they would have like a jam hour where they had like jam music for an hour and then they had blues radio blues hour i think was the name of it and that was on at like 10 at night and so i would do like listen to it all night on friday and i'd paint and i remember doing that in my little dark apartment and then i i started i took a detour and i started playing music and okay. writing songs um and gigging a lot and playing out a lot playing as part of a duo with my husband making cds um so that took up all my creative energy so i was doing that pretty much exclusively i didn't do a lot of a lot of drawing or painting for years for what kind of
1: places would you guys play
0: we played mainly cafes and stuff like that we played the freight and salvage um we played at I'm just trying to think of the highlights. We played at Biscuits and Blues. Nice. Um once but these are all showcases. Yoshi's but that was a showcase. But still it was fun, you know. Still, yeah. Um it was it was great. But most most of mostly it was you know cafes around San Francisco. So mm-hmm. we just liked the cafe scene the most. Um, cool. So yeah, and then I'd say around the time that my mom passed away, which is 2013, I didn't really feel like performing. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of went inward a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I liked visual art because I didn't have to like be on for anybody. I could just be my little world. Um, And so that's when it really kind of took off for me. And I started, I started painting at that point in a lot <laughs> and the music kind of, it's hard for me to do both at the same time. So the music kind of faded for, you know, a bit, mm-hmm. um, not faded, but it just didn't hold the interest for me that, that painting did.
1: And so what kind of things were you painting at that time?
0: The first thing that I started doing, and this was probably around 2011 ish, um, maybe earlier, actually probably a lot earlier, a lot earlier. Um, I started drawing my dreams, so I started, um, like, I've always dreamt really, had really vivid dreams, and so uh, I started illustrating them, and I did a series of 30 that were just my dreams as best as I could remember them in kind of almost a comic book form. I was going to say like story,
1: um, storyboard kind of, or
0: kind of, but it's dreams. And so it's very, right. they're very strange and yeah. you either get them or you don't. A lot of people, I like that. That was where I started to get a little bit of recognition um, for that, which blew me away. Cause I didn't think anybody would care about my dreams. You know, it's like when people tell you their dreams that people kind yeah. of, whatever.
1: <laughs> it's news yeah, fast.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was interviewed for a magazine in Spain about them. And I was like, that's kind of cool. Like I can, because with songwriting, I liked being able to communicate to an audience um, and have almost a conversation with people through music. And I learned that I could do that with art too. So that's how I kind of got back into it. And then I started working for Nocturne, the podcast, um, and do, doing that. And then and I did a children's book for someone. And then now I'm just doing a combination of my own stuff and commissions
1: sorry can we talk about uh nocturne real fast when did that start for you
0: um i started that was 2000 oh my god i think that was 2014 okay yeah i think god so it's been a while whoa that's crazy um you're welcome yeah <laughs> yeah it was 2014 it's when okay
1: yeah and what's their story um for for folks who aren't familiar in, including myself i think i actually First heard about Nocturne after I started following
0: you. Okay, um, Nocturne—it's an awesome podcast. I love it. Um, so Vanessa Lowe is the producer. She uh, she's based in in El Cerrito or Berkeley um, area, and she reached out. She's a singer songwriter, and we kind of knew of each other in the in the music music circles um, in the city, but we hadn't crossed paths. And she saw my dream drawings and she asked me to um, start, Or she asked me to do the logo for yeah. Nocturne. And so Nocturne is your question. Um, <laughs> Nocturne is a podcast all about the night. So all of the stories take place in the nighttime. It's a very, she has a background in sound design along with her husband, who's also a producer. And so it's really, every episode is seriously a work of art, but they're also funny. They're entertaining. Uh, some of them are kind of scary. Um, some of them are historical. So it's really worth listening to. She, she kind of covers every kind of, you know, genre. Um, and she's just a really good storyteller and a great interviewer too. So
1: Sounds cool. And by podcast standards, um, it's been around for a minute.
0: Yeah. That's... It's been around for a while. She was, um, in the New Yorker a couple of years ago, Rad, uh, which is a big deal. Yeah. And like uh, all kinds of lists and she's had, um, been in wired magazine, you know, like she, so yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely some success has been had.
1: And you do original art for every episode or is that?
0: Yep. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm just Very about cool. to do one. Um, yeah. Every month she puts out an episode and, um, I do, I do the illustration for it. So it's a lot of fun. We really, you know, her and I have become really close friends. She's probably one of my closest friends, um, which is really a gift because we work together really well too. And I love her work and I think, you know, she's a fan of me too. So it's, it's a Mm -hmm. really nice, nice situation.
1: Very cool. Um, I'll be sure in addition to what you're saying, I'll be sure to plug and tag nocturne on, on all these podcasts for sure. Well, I I don't want to skip over how I found out about you and kind of what drew me to you. And that was seeing the, the, the um, I, can they be called drawings, illustrations or the Balboa stuff?
0: Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Illustrations the Balboa, kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Right. Um, can you talk a little bit about the inspiration for those, where they came from, and uh, again, for folks who don't know um, the fundraising that you're doing for, with those.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so the first one I did, I, I did a painting of um, the Balboa Theater in full color, and I had so much fun doing that painting. I decided to start, I I really, I, I love drawing buildings, (laughs) Um, There's something kind of meditative about it, but I really love my neighborhood in particular. I'm a huge fan of my neighborhood, which is the Outer Richmond, um, and Balboa is part of that. And I don't know. I just kind of, I love the houses, especially if they're a little bit more dilapidated and they've got crazy paint jobs. And I love trying to capture what the neighborhood, I don't know, what the neighborhood feels like, not just what it looks like but the mood of the neighborhood, the fog. Um, although I don't I don't always draw fog. I put a lot of blue sky in there. There is a lot of blue sky out here too. Um, there's
1: more and more, I feel there's like. There's more and now. more, I know.
0: It used to be so foggy, which I loved. Um, but yeah, just kind of capturing the essence of the neighborhood through drawing, you know, challenging myself too and just being like, you know, let's draw that building. There's a lot of detail on that one. Let's see if we can make it look good, you know. Right. Um, But really, it's about also capturing because the city is changing so much. And don't even get me started how much it's changing now.
1: That's another podcast. I
0: mean, seriously. um, And this is changing, at least right now, it's changing the direction of my art a little bit. um, But really making me appreciate the places, the, the businesses and the people and everything. The way I was kind of doing a time capsule, like this is what it feels like. This is what it looks like right now in 2018 is when I started and in 2019 this is the way it looks and the way it feels um so that's kind of it it's trying to sort of preserve preserve the city and right. branching out doing some different neighborhoods too just trying to like yeah celebrate the spirit of San Francisco because the other thing is that I feel like a lot of people talk about how the spirit of San Francisco is gone and it's all really cold now and there's no soul. And I, I agree that some of that has been stripped, which it periodically is every time we get too much money <laughs> um, and people start moving in from everywhere, I, that can happen. But the city's changed so many times and it's just, that's kind of what San Francisco is. So I'm trying to celebrate what it, what it still looks like without really, I don't know, being negative about it <laughs> trying to stay positive because some of the businesses are having a tough time right now um, during the apocalypse and so the um balboa theater uh, definitely needs our help um, so for every painting of the balboa theater and right now i've got the color the original color um paint print of it i've got prints and greeting cards and right now, any purchases go to um, their GoFundMe. So, and I'm also donating on my own, but, that, but every, all the proceeds from the Balboa Theater artwork go to them. And then the other business that I kind of, there's, I have a really soft place in my heart for it, is Gus's Bait and Tackle, um, which is down the street. And it's this little tackle shop. that has been in business for 60 years Oh. Um, and the owner, it's the original owner. Um, and so I'm trying to raise funds for her as well. And so any Gus's Bait and Tackle paintings or greeting cards, um, all the proceeds go to her directly. I actually hand her cash.
1: Wow. <laughs> I wash cool. it,
0: you know, I, with gloves and all that.
1: Yeah. yeah. And besides social media, um, do you have a website or anything that folks can go to?
0: Yeah, um, it's www, or whatever it is now, (laughs) robingalante.com. So my name, robingalante.com.
1: That was Robin Galante. Join us again next week when we'll get to know Ray Baer, the owner of Cheese Plus over in Russian Hill. Music for Storied San Francisco is by Otis McDonald. Photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. The show is hosted and produced by me, Jeff Hunt. Our website is storiedsf.com, where you can browse more than 100 episodes and help support us by buying merch from our store. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If that's Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please do us a quick favor and rate and review the show. And if you have any feedback or people you think should be on the podcast, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and stay safe.